This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey guys, this is Lane with the Simple Passive Casual Podcast. Please go to the newly designed website and sign up for the newsletter and also sign up for the Hui Deal Pipeline Club. Get access to all the deals that I get access to. A lot of them are going to the coaching clients first, but uh, there's a few that trickle down to the rest of you through that that link right there. Uh, so please sign up. There's a lot of questions and you can say what you're looking for, private money lending deals, syndications, single family, turnkey. Uh, so check it out. Today I have Nick Loper on the line. How's it going, Nick? Overwhelmed by the amount of stuff is on Simple Passive Cashflow? Don't know where the heck to start? Go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start to sign up or text the word SIMPLE to 314-665-1767 for the curated course to get you up to speed on the past two years of content. Again, join the free web course, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. Go to simplepassivecashflow backslash start or text the word SIMPLE to 314-665-1767. Well, what's going on, man? Simple Passive Cashflow. That's what we're all after, right? Yep. <laughs> and you are coming from the Side Hustle Nation. Uh, a lot of uh, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners has been um, recommending similar and one in particular recommended yours. So I thought I'd check it out. And um, I like what you got on the website. Uh, definitely, we have this entrepreneur spirit, but also a rebel attitude, I feel like, in the Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. And I uh, thought we'd bring you on and Maybe you, can you tell us your story and uh, how this all came about to the side hustle nation? Uh, appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, Lane. So it's uh, I agree with that rebellious streak because it's like this this prospect of sitting and uh, sitting in this cubicle and collecting a paycheck and you know hopefully having enough to retire in thirty years or forty years. That is a kind of a scary proposition for a lot of people, and definitely was for me. So my first side hustle. My first business that I was trying to build while working in the corporate world was a footwear comparison shopping site. I don't think comparison shopping sites are even still a thing. I think everybody just kind of starts their product search on Amazon. But back in the day, it was a big deal. You'd go to Nextag or you go to Price Grabber and you try to find you know the best deal, whatever you were looking for. And in my case, you know that site earned commission from Zappos and Amazon and uh, sites called like shoes.com and, you know, a bunch of different other, you know, online footwear retailers, but it all kind of stemmed from, you know, staring down the barrel of 30, 40 year career and being like, I really have no desire to climb the corporate ladder here. How am I going to, how am I going to get out? And hopefully that was, that actually was the vehicle that let me quit my job. And then while I was running that thing full time, uh, I started a couple other side projects. I actually started probably half a dozen different projects and most of them flopped, but a couple of them are still around. And one of those that is still around actually be, has become the main focus today is the, is the blog and podcast at sidehustlenation.com. So maybe let's uh, back up a little bit and uh, you know, what job were you working at? And like, was there some particular event that happened that definitely started making you see the matrix and <laughs> No, it was from like day one. It was probably even from before day one. Um, but I was working um, in the service and parts division for Ford Motor Company, which entailed kind of being the liaison between the factory and the dealerships. 
And I did that in uh, first in Northern Virginia and then in Atlanta and then out in California. And, you know, the car business was a fascinating business and, you know, having a glimpse inside, you know, how all of these small businesses, essentially the dealership model is a kind of like a small business, uh, local business model. So that was really cool to see and all of the different facets of that uh, where they, you know, all the different ways that they can make money. I thought that was really cool. But then being at the bottom rung of this, you know, probably fortune 50 company was not that exciting because it was like I could show up today or I could not show up today and it would have about zero impact on the bottom line. And where while I was running the shoe business on the side, if I spent the nights and weekends like hustling and building out advertising campaigns for, for the site, like I would see the results of that for the next, you know, several weeks, the next month or so versus, you know, it just there wasn't a direct tie-in, you know, results, <laughs> performance versus results, I guess, uh, at the day job. Right. Was that a day job, like a 40 hour a week, you can go home and you still have some energy to work the side hustle? Yeah, most of the time. So it was best when I was kind of like working in the office and then you'd be home by, uh, you know, 5.30 or 6, go to the gym, make dinner. And then, you know, really from 7 or 7.30 or 8 until bedtime, you know, 10 or 11, you know, that was hustle time, like during when I had the office job. Later on, it was kind of like a traveling job. So I'd be in hotels you know, three, four nights a week. And because you're, you know, traveling and having meetings all day, more of that time was spent doing, uh, you know, catching up on the day's worth of email and other work you had to do. It's a little bit less time then, but I think you'll find a way to prioritize the the priorities in life, in your life, just like you're doing the real estate thing, just like you're doing the podcast, right? You figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. Recently, um, you know, I would always do this when I came back home and I just realized how little I got done. I mean, the, uh, the podcast has been pretty sporadic lately, you know, I've been busy and recently I switched to the miracle morning, uh, okay. we have going. So the 6am start, get a couple hours of work, which I feel like, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, I've been doing chunking and after about two hours and a half, I need a break and I need to go back. And so now I wake up at six, do a couple hours of work and I need that break. So I go to work now. Yeah. <laughs> the day job is the break. Yeah. Do, do you do any chunking when you're doing the side hustle? And how, how did you start to transition over? So it was, it was a lot of nights and weekends. And I, w- I guess I wasn't super into all of the productivity stuff, all the batch processing stuff that, uh, that I've done now. So even when I quit, so I was kind of like had the, these naive visions of like the four hour work week in my head of what entrepreneurship life was going to be like. And it was, it's been anything but that I probably work more hours now. The difference is, you know, it's more fun and you can work on stuff that I really care about and you can build, uh, you know, build these assets that, you know, are more meaningful to you and, you know, have more of a direct impact on the bottom line and all that stuff. This year, I'll say a couple things have been uh, been effective in terms of productivity. And the first is not quite that miracle morning thing, but it is the commitment to tackling your top priority task before you dive into email, before you dive into social media, basically doing one thing proactively for your business that you kind of identified the night before as being a priority before getting into reactive mode on you know somebody else's agenda in your inbox. The second thing that's been really effective this year has been theme days, which I actually picked up from Mike Vardy, who runs a site called Productivityist. And how the theme days work 
is today's Tuesday. Tuesday is meeting day in my theme days. And so I'm stacked up 8.30 to 5 today with back-to-back calls and meetings and stuff. And I just, you know, had a half hour to go carve out and get lunch. But other than that, so the rest of the week is like wide open. And that's freed up a lot of time to kind of work on longer term projects without saying, well, I got 30 minutes before my next call. So there's not really enough time to get anything started. So it's been really helpful in, in moving things forward and then blocking specific days for specific tasks. So like Monday is kind of my content creation day, my writing day. What do I do? Wednesdays is like working on different side hustle sites or different side hustle projects and kind of some administrative stuff in the afternoon, kind of cleaning up whatever else, you know, files and accounting and other, other things that need to get done. And Thursday is like just dedicated for, you know, growth projects, like stuff that would be really easy to procrastinate on before and say, hey, this is what, you know, what I need to do to move the thing forward, you know, for Side Hustle Nation. So really excited about that. I'm probably a little bit still in the honeymoon period. It's been three or four months since I started implementing some of that stuff, but I love it so far. Yeah, I've heard of it, you know, same thing, but think of left brain, right brain tasks. Some days are just emails. Some days are, like you said, meetings. Some days are more creative stuff like writing content. You you mentioned getting that one thing done a day. Do you think of it like eating the frog in the morning? (laughs) Hopefully it's not too disgusting of a task, but hopefully something you like you are looking forward to doing versus, you know, something you want want to procrastinate on. (laughs) <laughs> Something I've been trying to do is, you know, identify that the night before. That's <laughs> I yeah. don't go to bed bothered about that thing. Yeah, and I've been trying to be better about that too. It's like, hey, you know, here are my top three priorities for the next day in order, right? One, two, three. And so immediately when it comes time to get to work, you know exactly what you're going to work on. And you don't have that, you know, 15 minute ramp up period of like, well, what should I, what should I do? It's like, no, you you know, yesterday you said this was the most important thing. So why don't we knock that out and see what happens before you have a chance to get distracted by YouTube or get distracted by, you know, some email in your inbox. And it's just, that's been really helpful. It kind of sets the tone for the day too. Like you kind of build some positive momentum into it. And, you know, whether that task might only take 15 minutes or sometimes it's three hours, but it's helpful for me to, to get that done. One of the first things I looked into getting away from Wall Street were the many crowdfunding sites out there. But I just was not into paying another middleman to give me a false sense of security and then take a chunk of the profits from the operator and me the investor. Check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash len or text the word money to 314-665-1767. These lending opportunities are exclusive to Simple Passive Cashflow listeners to power operators I trust and will put my brand on the line with. Again, for more information, check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash lend or text money to 314-665-1767. So you're starting your side hustle uh, while you're working your full-time job. Did you ever use a coach to kind of help you see your blind side? Because, I mean, frankly, right now when I'm doing my thing, I'm kind of thrashing around in the water doing everything. And I recently got coaching and it's really helped clear things up for me. That's good. I think I was always too cheap or too frugal or maybe even too naive to even know that, you know, entrepreneurship coaches like existed. It never even, never really crossed my mind. One of the light bulb moments was when I discovered, 
podcasts and audiobooks, like years and years into running this business. And I thought about all of the wasted hours, you know, while I was working that Ford job, I would drive six, 700 miles a week. And like all that windshield time listening to the radio or just, we just wasted. Like, oh, I could have been learning so much on different podcasts or different books during that time. But I guess those I consider other shows uh, kind of my mentors now. Any idea on um, maybe you get some feedback from peers or how do, how do you uh, recorrect what you're doing that is maybe not the way you should be spending your energy on? A couple of things have been helpful on that front. The first is, uh, you know, a peer group or mastermind group. So I've got a couple of those now that I'm a part of it. When I first joined that, actually, it was at the suggestion of a, of a listener of the side hustle show. Hey, you ought to start a mastermind group for your listeners. And I was like, well, before I do that, I better be a part of one myself to see what it's all about. And I found that accountability, uh, which, all, which I never had before, because it was always just me for the last several years. It just been, you know, me and what I said I'm going to do. And, you know, if, whether you did it or not, like it wouldn't make that big of a deal. But now all of a sudden it's like come Sunday night. Well, what did I, I told these guys, this was my top priority. Like they're going to hold me accountable. They're going to hold me to that. And I better have a, a pretty good excuse if I didn't get that done. So that was really helpful. Would you care to share how much you spent on that mastermind? That was a free group. Actually, all the mastermind groups that I've been in have been free so far. So maybe let's talk about your side hustles going well. At what point did you quit the day job and what was your thought process to plan for that? So three years of nights and weekends later, I finally got up the nerve to quit the day job. Even then, it's this weird thing of like, is this allowed? Is this okay? Am I really going to be able to cut my own paycheck every month? Is this sustainable? Am I making you know, the biggest mistake of my life? I was out to dinner with my boss, probably took a couple years to finally get up the ner- or a couple beers to finally get up the nerve to say like, uh, look, I'm out of here, man. It was a very freeing feeling, like a huge weight was, was off my shoulders. I was really excited about it. You know, really in terms of like raw numbers and math, you know, what I was looking at was a track record of, of performance in the business, right? Like, can this thing, worst case scenario for the last six months, for the last 12 months, like has this earned enough to cover my expenses, right? Even if it's not to the point of, you know, replacing the day job salary yet, like that's not necessarily relevant as long as you can pay your bills, as long as you're not going to go backwards. The exception to that would be, you're kind of in a service-based business or where it's like, look, given an extra 40, 50 hours a week that my day job is eating up, if all of a sudden I had all that time to dedicate to my side hustle to make that full-time thing, I'm really confident that I could get there within a couple months. Then I think it may maybe make sense to make the leap a little bit early. You identified a couple key levels there. First, your side income has surpassed your living expenses. Then it has surpassed your your current earning level. And I hope your earning level is more than your expenses. That's another story for another day. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, you took your boss out to, for some beers. Uh, what's your thoughts on making what you're doing on the side a public thing? I know a lot of real estate investors, we struggled with this a lot. I mean, a lot of private companies, they frown on this stuff a lot. If you're not at your desk writing an email, they think you're uh, writing a blog article or... Yeah. Something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it varies by the business. So real estate, like that's a really common, that's probably one of the most common side hustles. People buy rental properties, like that's an accepted thing. Right. And that's a little bit, I guess if I was your, if I was your boss, I wouldn't think that like, oh, this person is any less loyal to the company. Now, if you're, 
you know, running right. some. That's consultant. why I call it the podcast "Simple Passive Cash Flow" because it's freaking passive. Like, <laughs> it's in the name, you know. Yeah, where so my, so my boss and you know my coworkers knew about the the shoe business that I was running. It wasn't any big secret. I don't remember if I put it on my LinkedIn or not, but it, you know, it wasn't a huge secret. You know, people were kind of curious about it. Like, oh, what is this? I don't know if anybody thought like, oh, that's going to be you know that's going to be a full time business for you at any point. But depending on your work environment, depending on, you know, what disclosures you have to make or what kind of contract you sign, like you might have, you might be obligated to tell your, um, to tell your boss or to tell HR about what you got going on, uh, on the side. So there's definitely pros and cons to it. I feel like with the prevalence of side hustles, I think the latest stat was like 44 million Americans have some sort of business on the side, some sort of income stream on the side. I think it's becoming more and more mainstream. So you don't really have to worry about that. And it's like, from the, from the boss's perspective, it's like, look, you own me 24 hours a day, right? You're paying me for eight or you're paying me for nine. And I'm going to give you the best work I can during those nine. But whether I'm running uh, a business in my spare time or whether I'm running a marathon in my spare time, like well, what difference does it make to you? Right. Everybody knows when you go into the bathroom, you're, you're answering side hustle emails. <laughs> All the kids these days are investing in the latest fad like tech or cryptocurrency. If I had learned anything these past few years watching the wealthy is that they invest in the most boring stuff and the basic commodities. What is more of a necessity than coffee? To learn more about this boring investment, check out simplepassivecashflow.com backslash coffee. So for investors, it's, you know, there's an added benefit to talking about what you're doing because, you know, potentially if you get pretty good at this stuff, here's potential investors for you to invest in some of your deals. But, Absolutely. You know, I mean, personally, I, I've had some pretty, pretty bad luck in my past, um, maybe just because I work in a conservative and construction environment in a um, hardcore culture in previous jobs that side hustles definitely frowned upon. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that, man. That's, that's frustrating. Yeah, but it just builds up more motivation to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Nick, any uh, thoughts on, you know, you probably see a few real estate investors, probably more the flipper types. So what are your thoughts on the more passive real estate investors, the guys that just buy and hold? Any tips there for that audience? I don't know, man. I am looking to get back into the real estate game. I had a lease option a decade ago and it I, it, timing was lucky. We'll put it that way. It's better to be lucky than good sometimes. I really like the math behind, you know, building up this real estate empire and having people pay down your mortgages and stuff. The risk involved in it, like kind of still has me a little bit scared. And I know the the numbers kind of can bake out and you can do a lot of things and due diligence to do that. So like my real estate investing at the moment is kind of limited to some REITs, both like the traditional like Vanguard REITs, um, some stuff through Fundrise, which is kind of like an e-REIT. Um, and then some stuff through Peer, is it Peer Street? Kind of like the real estate private lending, where it's like you're lending to flippers and they're just paying you kind of short-term notes on that. Right. I mean, it all comes down to your time, money, and knowledge. Nick, I mean, you run an awesome website there at Side Hustle Nation. And I tell people, some people call me and they're like, hey, I have this startup business. I'm a tech guy. And I'm like, you know what? You should be investing passively. I don't know if you should even be renting rental homes. The crowdfunding stuff might be the exact thing that you're looking for. I mean, you don't need 10 or 15, 20% back on your money, but you need your time. And 12% is fine yeah. for you with that stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's what's your portfolio look like today? What's are you investing in Washington? Or are you all over the map? So I started to invest in Washington again. Good timing, just like yourself. But then in 2012, the uh, cash flow wasn't there because the prices went up. So I was kind of pushed out of state. Something bad happened, but it you know forced me to pivot. And uh, then I bought all these uh, single family rental homes in a few states just been kind of riding that wave and just gaining my experience. And now I'm off to the multifamily apartment world. Yeah. Did you go through any like turnkey provider for those or just kind of like sought out the deals on your own? Yeah. Initially I went to turnkey provider, but once you go through the process a few times and yeah, you may overpay, but I mean, it's not that hard. (laughs) If anything, it's just like going to that side hustle, right? It's the, uh, the leap of faith, just doing it and learn by doing is the big thing. Yeah, trying to trying to look at it from the mindset of buying cash flow and thinking like, okay, if I want to buy five hundred dollars a month, you know, how what's the best way to do that? If I want to buy a thousand dollars a month, what's the best way to do that? You know, rental properties is is one avenue for that. It's kind of an exciting one that we're taking another look at. Right. I was talking to uh, Buck Joffrey of the Wealth Formula podcast recently. And, uh, you know, he, he pretty much spelled it out. He said, if you have a lot of money or if real estate investing is great, but you're really not going to get much more than 20, 25% back on your money. And if you have bigger goals, well, you got to start a side hustle and uh, you got to start a business and it's just plain as day. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there to be pretty, pretty pumped with uh, 20, 25% too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, um, I, I encourage folks to uh, go to your podcast and website site hustle nation and uh, any contact information you also want to get out there. That's the best place to find me, sidehustlenation.com. If you hit sidehustlenation.com slash ideas, you'll have a uh, constantly updated laundry list of different part-time ideas. Um, some of them I think are real estate related, but most are uh, are outside of that realm. So build up, some of the, uh, build up some of the income to put in towards your next property. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys for listening and we'll catch you next time. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.